Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Revelation chapter 1. We're going to read verse 17 and verse 18 as you stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 and verse 18. The power of his resurrection. Turn to someone and say the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Let's read together verse 17 and 18 as one big family. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Verse 18. And I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. I come to announce to you that my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. The power of his resurrection, my Redeemer lives. Shall we pray this morning? Just breathe your name upon me, breathe. That's my own personal prayer this morning. Just breathe your name upon me. Just pray for me as you're singing that song right now. Your name, raise your name, breathe. Just breathe your name, Lord. Just breathe your name upon me. Holy Spirit, we thank you because your breath of life will come through me this morning that I will deliver only that which the Holy Spirit has for the people. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name I have prayed. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The name of the Lord be praised. Amen. The power of his resurrection. Now, it's no doubt that many churches after the Easter Sunday have received the word of the Lord, the Easter message, as we all know, and most likely they've all moved to something else. But the word of the Lord has come to us as, uh, uh, in Grace Assembly saying, there is more to the power behind his resurrection. I want to use this opportunity to thank the senior pastor for starting up something that has become a wildfire in the life of Grace Assembly on the very first Sunday of this month. Let's celebrate him, the name of the Lord. Be glorified. And when the scripture says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 that I may know him. This was Paul praying this prayer saying that I may know him and what? The power of his resurrection. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being confirmed to his what to his death now this was a yearning from apostle paul saying i want to know him now in case you don't know it's important that you know that when paul was writing this scripture and particularly most of his writing that you see when paul writes and say this is paul writing to the church in philemon this is paul writing to the church in rome most of those letters weren't coming from a church office no most of those letters were 
coming from Paul who was writing them when he was in chains and bonds in the prison. So he had a death sentence on him saying you're going to die by, by being beheaded. And so Paul began to write this scripture saying, and he wrote stories to, to the churches encouraging them. And as he began to encourage them, that is where you have different kind of books. And so his death was near. And so Paul began to pray saying, I wish I can know this Christ and the power behind that resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Whatever he went through, wherever he got the strength from, that went through the suffering and even the resurrection. Paul wasn't speaking when he was newly born again. He, was, he, was, he has planted churches and raised ministers and he was praying that prayer saying that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Because of this message this morning. I had to go back and watch a movie called Paul the Apostle of Christ. I recommend it for you. It's a very nice movie that tells us about the reality that Paul went through. If somebody can help me switch that off. And so Paul began to make this prayer and I'm so happy this morning that this is the same hunger that we have in Grace Assembly. When pastor started on the first Sunday and talking to us about the power of his resurrection, we thought that was going to be the end. But look at how the Lord God himself has shown different dimensions to what we can see about the power behind his, his, his resurrection. And I want to particularly thank Pastor Yomi Badejo Kusaya. Let's have celebrate him for last week's Sunday and on Wednesday. And I must say they've just made my job very easy this morning. Because my plan is very simple. I copied what Pastor Yomi preached, I put it down. I copied what the senior pastor put, I put it down. And so this is just going to be a mixture that I'm serving, praise the Lord. Because copy and paste is allowed in the kingdom. Because the Bible says, for the scripture says, be ye examples unto the younger believers. What else could I have done? Amen. Praise the Lord. So copy and paste is what is allowed. Amen. So in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, when the Bible says, but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from death dwells in your mortal body, that same spirit will give life to your mortal bodies. One of the sisters there shared how that scripture had blessed her heart by the reason of the sermon on Sunday. And this was the very scripture that I stumbled on way back when I read that scripture that says, if the power that raised Jesus Christ from death dwells in your mortal body, from that very moment, I began to seek and say, if truly there is a power behind that resurrection. For a very long time, we've celebrated the birth of Christ. We've eaten Christmas and we've eaten the chicken. But of it, after time, I began to understand that the birth was just the beginning of the end. The end, the death and the resurrection was the key element and the key reason why Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. And it says that I may know him and experience the power behind that resurrection. If we can be hungry enough, the Lord God will reveal himself to us. I say if we can be hungry enough, the Lord God will reveal himself to us. And so over time, we celebrated Easter as if Jesus died and never rose. If I was, I was young, if we are eating in, at home during Easter, if we eat the food anyhow, they will, they will start asking you, the way you are eating, are you happy that Jesus Christ died? If you make demands, can we wear new clothes? They say, you want to wear new clothes. 
in this season that Jesus Christ has what died. So they gave us the impression that he never rose. Even when we come to church on Sunday and we, and we, and we receive the message that Christ is risen, by the time we go back home, you dare not make unnecessary demands. If you are given one, one meat, if you ask for two, the question is, do you want Jesus to die again so that I eat three meats? But we come to realize over time, thank God for grace assembly, and I must confess most of the things I've learned about the resurrection was after I joined this church. Please celebrate God for the church in which you have. And so we're here this morning to understand and to see another dimension of the power behind his resurrection. I just pray that the Holy Spirit will give me audience this morning in the name of Jesus. Let your power flow in this place. Let your flame Yes, Lord, in this place. We pray, we pray for signs. Nebragadesh Kele in this Yes, Lord, let your hearing. Yes, you say in this anointing, anointing. Yes, Lord, your mercy. Yes, we say just like the things that power. Your power, your power remains the same. Yes, you never chase it. Sing it aloud now. Fear Yes, we say. Amen. The power of his resurrection my redeemer lives. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible tells us the story about creation. How many of us know the story? In the beginning, the earth was without form and without void, and the Spirit of the Lord did what? Rovered upon the surface of the earth. This is going to be a teaching, so I'll need a lot of responses from you. And the Bible says, and the Lord God looked upon the earth, and he said, let there be what? And there was... And he spoke again, let there be the feminines, and there was the feminines. He spoke again concerning every creeping things, and God created everything by the words of his mouth. And when he turned to all those creations, the scripture says, for every time he looked at it, he will always say one thing. And the Lord looked at what he has created and said, it was good. Perfection. So the Lord God created all things by his spoken word. And for all that he created, God will always say at the end, for they were what? They were good. And for the space of six days, God was creating and creating this wonderful earth that we have. So creation started and the Lord began to make all this creation. And when he was done, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 After God was done, the Bible says the next thing that God did in verse 26, the Lord God then said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them have what? I can't hear you. Let them have, let's move to this other side. Let them have dominion over how many things? Over the fish, over all things. So God 
defined his purpose of creation of man. And the purpose was that man should have what? Dominion. Now, I needed to put pen to paper very quickly because we're going to come back to that. The first reason, the very reason why God created man was that he may have dominion, he may have power, and he may have authority over all that God had was created. So we can put it in a very simple form that God created man so that man can rule and reign over all the earth. Amen. Is that established? So God created man so that man can do what? Reign over all the earth. I just needed to write that down. So when God was done creating the earth, we can see that God created man and he said, let him have dominion, let him have power, let him rule over all that is on the earth. Now I'm going to make a very simple illustration so that you can follow me very, very sweetly. Now just paint a picture of a car. If you have a car and if you, have, if you are the driver of the car, what is one thing that you will have in your hand? Can I hear? What? You will have the car key, right? So you will have the car key. So it means you are in charge. So if you drive the car, you can steer the car wherever you want. Is that correct? Now, one of the things that qualify you to drive a car, in, as far as government is concerned, will be what? A driver's license. Now, you can drive your car anywhere in Lagos. Is that true? But is that, are there traffic laws in Lagos? Now, if for any reason you drive one way, what will happen? The authority will arrest you. They will impound your car. They will take it to Alausa. They will revoke your license for a while. And then there will be a fine or a penalty to pay. Do you agree with me? So paint that picture that man was created to be in the driver's seat, to have that dominion, to have that power and authority to steer the cars of life or the affairs of life. And so man was in that place and in that position as the Lord has defined him to be and he was in charge of all. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible went ahead. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Can someone lend me a car key quickly? A car key. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Let's read together. I'm just going to explain to you, pardon me. So in the scripture, the Bible says the very reason that God created man was that he should have dominion. And so God gave man dominion. So we can assume this is the dominion that was handed over to man. Have dominion over all and rule over all. So let's assume I am the man. And the name of the first man that was created was called... These people don't know the Bible. The name was what? Adam. So I am the Adam of this time, just representing Adam. And I have the key which the Lord gave me saying, have dominion over all and rule over everything. Are we correct here? Now, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the scripture then went back to describe that man that was created called Adam. A detail that was not available to us in Genesis chapter 1. Then the Bible then says, for this created Adam, the scripture says, and the Lord God formed this man out of where? Out of the dust of the earth. And you know very clearly that dust you came and dust you shall return. Now, the detail behind that scripture is to tell you that the created Adam was a mortal man, which means he's, he can die. 
If anything happens to him, he will lose the life that he has and will surely die. He will surely what? Die. So I need you to write, the first Adam was a mortal man. Adam was a mortal man. So the Bible says, and the Lord God then breathed into his nostrils what he calls the breath of life. And the Bible went ahead and tell us that the created Adam became a living being. Do you know the meaning of the word living being? That word holds a lot of power describing man. So the first Adam was created. He's a mortal man. And because of the breath that God breathed in him, he became a living being. So two things you need to understand about the created man. That he's a mortal man, which means he can die. And secondly, he became a living being. What that means is the life that he has is only coming from God. Because the Bible says he breathed in him. If God takes away that life, that man will surely die. Somebody give God praise in the house this morning. Now it's good I established that. First Corinthians 15. So when Paul was praying, said that I may know him and the power behind his resurrection. There were things he did not know, but as he began to understand, First Corinthians 15 was a chapter of the scripture that talks about resurrection. And so Paul began to understand in part the difference between the first Adam and the second Adam. In First Corinthians 15, you will see that Paul in all the writing described the first Adam as the first Adam as the Adam that you know and then he compared that Adam to the man Jesus the Christ and he said something about Jesus Christ, he did not mention his name but he called him the second man or the second Adam. Why? The reason is simple. Why he was doing that was to let you know that both of them were made of the same mortality but in verse 47 he told us something he says the first Adam which was created in the garden was made out of what dust which means he can die if anything happens what will happen to that Adam he will surely die now you know very well the scripture telling us that is appointed unto man how many times to die only once and after that will be what the judgment what that means the first adam that was created if he dies he cannot rise again after that will be the word the judgment then he went ahead and said but the second adam which was jesus the christ he said that one was not made out of dust but he was made from the heaven what that means is if he dies he will what rise up again verse 45 the scripture went ahead. Paul, having now this understanding, after praying that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, understood by the, by, by the Holy Spirit that there's also a difference between that first Adam and the second Adam. What did he tell us? He says, and so it is written. The first Adam became a living being. Remember what we read in Genesis 2. And the Lord breathed into him and he became a living being. If you take that breath away, what happens? He will surely 
die. But he spoke concerning the last Adam, which was Jesus Christ. Said, this one doesn't need life from heaven because he is alive from heaven himself. He says, for the second Adam was a spirit, a life-giving spirit. If he dies, he will rise again. Give God praise in the house this morning. Now, I'm just establishing some things for us this morning because we're going to go deeper in this study. Genesis chapter 2 verse 17. Let's go back to creation. So, when God had created the first Adam, now you know that the first Adam was created so that he may have what? Rulership, dominion over all. So, for now, who still have the key? Adam has the key. Is that correct? And so the Bible then says in Genesis 2 verse 17. So after God had created Adam, he said, rule over all the earth. I've given you charge to rule over all. And he says, but in your rulership, in the midst of this garden, there is a tree called the tree of knowledge of good and of what? Evil. So there was an instruction. For the day you shall eat of that fruit, what will happen? Why can he die? Because he was made out of dust. He said, the day you shall eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. And so Adam had this opportunity. So like I did say, paint that picture of having a car. So there are rules to driving. If you beat the traffic lights or some other traffic offenses, there are fines to pay, right? So the Bible says, God said to him, for the day you shall eat of that fruit, you will surely die. Romans chapter 6 verse 23, a very popular scripture, now gave us a little insight of what that instruction meant. In Romans 6 23, we understand that the wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is what? In other words, the penalty, if you eat of that fruit, there will be a penalty to pay for eating that fruit. And that penalty is what? I can't hear you. The penalty is what? So the soul that sinned shall die. So if Adam eats the fruit, what will happen? He will surely die. Now, I need you to understand something as well. So that was the penalty of death because the scripture tells us the soul that sinned, it shall surely die. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. So Adam ruled over all the earth. He had the keys in his hand. Eve came and both of them had rulership over all the earth. They could command anything as much as the Lord had given them power. But you know the story of the fall of man. The Bible says, and the woman and, the, and Satan deceived the woman. Is that true? And the woman did what to the man? The Satan deceived the man and the woman convinced the man as they always do. Praise the Lord. My wife is a chief convincer. No matter what I say no to, by the time she convinces me, I will finally say yes. Amen. So the, the Satan deceived the, the woman and the woman now deceived the man. And we know the story. Did they eat the fruit or not? Yes, they eat. They ate of the fruit. And the penalty for eating that fruit is what? Death. So which means for eating that fruit, there is a penalty that Adam must pay. And that penalty is the penalty of what? Death. So Adam must die for him, for that instruction to come to pass. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. The Bible then tells us that therefore, just as through one man, sin did what? Enter the world. And what entered as well? 
death through sin and thus death spread to how many men so that penalty was laid upon every man that was born of a woman verse 14 now look at what the scripture said the bible says nevertheless after adam had eaten of that fruit what reigned i can't hear you what rain originally who was reigning Adam was reigning. But the reason of that disobedience, death entered the world. And for that reason, man lost his opportunity to rule over all the earth. And so because he had a penalty to pay, death now took over what the Lord had originally given to him. And the scripture says, and death reigned from Adam to Moses and to all according to the likeness of Adam that have committed this transgression. So Adam lost the power to rule over the earth until he redeems or pays the penalty. Paint that picture again. Your car has been impounded by the government. Who will have the key afterwards? Is it you or the government? Now paint this picture. Adam has lost this and he has lost it to someone else who took the key to wherever he knows. The scripture calls that person the accuser of the brethren. So wherever he is, he has no more access to that key. There were two conditions as far as the spirit of man and the spirit and the law of spirit the law of man and the law of the spirit are concerned. There are two conditions in which Adam can redeem back that authority. Number one, it was known. If you commit anything, if there's a penalty, the man that commits the penalty will pay that penalty in full. If the penalty is 50 million naira, he will pay how much? He will pay how much? 50 million naira. The second condition that was available was that if you cannot pay it, you must find someone called a redeemer that will stand in your place and pay that price. The person will also pay the full wages of the penalty which you are supposed to pay. Now we know that Adam himself was a man that can die. If he dies, he can never rise again. If the penalty of his disobedience was death, if he pays that penalty, will he have a life to live again? The answer was no. The same way if your car is seized and the government says, for you to take back your car, you will first kill you. Will you die because of the car? No, you rather live all your life, but live without the driver's license or with authority. So the same thing happened to man. Adam could not pay the penalty of death. I could not pay that penalty of death. So I would rather keep my life and become a second citizen to the enemy. And that is what the Lord spoke about, that death was what was reigning from Adam up to the point of Jesus. The second condition you have is to find a redeemer. That redeemer must not have committed the same offense that you've ever committed. If I have an offense and I'm in prison and they say, find someone to bail you. Will I find someone in the prison? Absolutely not. If these two conditions could not be met, then the person that committed the offense will now become slave forever for the person in whom the offense was committed. And so that's why the scripture says that we became slaves to sin by the reason of the fall of Adam. Somebody give God praise in the house. So all through, man had to wait until a redeemer would come. 
that redeemer must die for the sins of man, but there was no one that was found. Because if there will be a man in the form of a flesh, if he dies, he cannot what? Rise again. But thank God my redeemer lives. I say, thank God my redeemer lives. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. Let's now look at the redemption package that the Lord God gave us. Now the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not die but have everlasting love. So God so loved the The keys are no more in his hands. But God was so determined to restore man back to his rightful position. Galatians 4 verse 4. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time had what? Had come. So for a long time, man had nobody to redeem him. When the fullness of time came, the Bible says God sent his son that was born out of, born by a what? Of a woman. So the, the, the giving birth to Jesus, Jesus came in the form of a man. The form of a man means he is also a mortal man. And the Bible says he was also born under the law. What was the law that was ruling over man? That there is a death penalty that was yet to pay. Verse 5, the scripture went ahead and said, in verse 5, the scripture went ahead and said, to redeem those who were under the law. So Jesus came as the word redeemer, but he came in the form of a man. Because the Bible says that it was not possible for the blood of animals to wash away the sins of man. If a man sins, a man will also die. It's not possible. You couldn't have brought animals. So the Bible says when the fullness of time came, God then sent his only begotten son to die again for the sins of man. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. Now, but this was a caveat. When Jesus came in the form of man, the enemy himself did not know that this man that was given birth to was not the same as the first Adam. Remember, we know very well that the first Adam was made out of what? Mortality, which means if he dies, he cannot what? Rise again. But the second Adam was not such. If he dies, he had the power to rise again. But the enemy had no knowledge of this, but because the scripture tells us that we speak the wisdom of God in what? In a mystery which is hidden, which the, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory. Next verse. He then tells us that if this understanding was made known to the enemy or to man, he says, which none of the rulers did what? Knew about. Had they known, they would not have what? crucified the king of glory. So they thought the same Adam, the first Adam, was the same thing as the last Adam. If you crucify the first Adam, he can never rise. But if you crucify the second Adam, he has the power to rise again. And so Paul, saying this prayer, this was made known to him. And that's why the songwriter says, for death could not hold him captive. For death could not hold him captive. Yes, Lord, he will. Jesus, Jesus. For death could not hold him 
heaven, heaven in the grave, Jesus, Jesus, still You reign, you ancient Zion's king, Kadosh, 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 you are mighty. Everybody say, Lord, you reign. Yes, Lord, you ancient Zion's king. Kado, yes, my Lord, reign. David is you are mighty. Now, according to the law of man, which the chief priest had power over, there were laws concerning so many things. Just like when a man has leprosy, you couldn't have confirmed that a man has leprosy until you take him to the priest. The same way it was that if a man dies, you couldn't have proclaimed the man to have been dead unless he was dead for three days. It was a law of the priests, of the Jews. So if a man should die, he must first be dead for after three days. Beyond all reasonable doubt, it will have been confirmed that such a man is dead. I was asking someone, why did Jesus have to spend three days in the tomb? It wasn't because he couldn't have died today and rise up tomorrow. But so that he could negate every one that could say he never died. So he had to stay how many days? Three days. John 11 verse verse 17. The story of Lazarus that you know. The Bible says when Lazarus was dead, the distance between Bethany and Jerusalem was just two miles. From the time Jesus heard of his death, he could have rushed down there within a short period of time. But he didn't go there the first day. He didn't go there the second day. He didn't go there the third day so that it could be proven beyond doubt that Lazarus was truly dead. The scripture says on the fourth day then Jesus came and they said to him, the the, the body will have started decaying by now. But Jesus says, I don't look at how dead the situation may be for I am the resurrection and I am the life. So the enemy took Jesus who was born of the flesh. In his mind, this was another Adam that was born in the flesh. Perhaps if we kill him, he will never rise. And so the scripture says he tempted Jesus the all he could. That's why the Bible says, for we do not have a high priest that doesn't understand our infirmities. For all he could, Jesus was yet without sin. Which means that qualifies him to die for yet another person. Let's bring this to a close. Having this understanding then, that the difference between the first Adam and the second Adam exists, which is number one. If the first Adam dies, can he rise again? No. If the second Adam dies, can he rise again? The first Adam was created to have rulership. Does he still have rulership at that point? Who then have rulership? Death rulership because death reigned over all the earth. Paul then began to write 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 42. Then he began to expound the difference between the first and the last Adam. Then he said, 
so also is resurrection. The first Adam is made of a corruptible seed. If he dies, he cannot rise again. But the second Adam is made of what? Incorruption. Incorruptible seed. If he dies, he will what? Rise again. Verse 43, he went ahead and said that the first Adam was made of dishonor. He was dead and sown in dishonor. But the second Adam will rise in what? In glory. He went ahead and said the first Adam died in weakness, but the second Adam will rise in power. Verse 44, he says the first Adam was a natural man, but the second Adam was a what? A spiritual and a heavenly man. Beyond doubt, Paul was able to show us that if man dies, man cannot rise. But if Jesus dies, that Jesus will rise again. But the enemy had no knowledge. And that's why the Bible says, had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the son of glory. Verse 45, the Bible says that the first Adam was made of a living being, which means he depended on the breath from God. But the second Adam was made of a life-giving spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 24. After the enemy was successful in killing and crucifying Jesus on the cross, the Bible says his body was wrapped and he was placed in the tomb. But the scripture tells us in verse 24, for this Jesus whom God raised, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not what possible that what should hold him down. Death couldn't have held him down. But the enemy crucified him, not knowing that the death sentence itself only gave him access to hell. Jesus had no access until he had to pay the penalty of death. But the scripture says, the enemy did not know that death could not hold him captive. And that's why the Bible says, Psalm 16 verse 10, David prophesying concerning that situation says, For you shall not suffer the Holy One to see corruption in hell. Neither you allow the Holy One to also for his soul to see corruption. And so Jesus Christ went to hell. And what did he do? He paid the ultimate price. And when he was dead, after three days, the scripture says, And Jesus went to hell. And what did he do? He paid the very price that I could not pay. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. But something happened in that hell. It was not just about dying and rising again. The Bible says, and when he went to hell, having disarmed what? principalities and having disarmed power. The power that said you cannot succeed because you were under the law of man, under the law of death. But Bible says when he went to hell, he says where is the place that they say he could not succeed? I'm here to pay the price for him. He brought down principalities and powers and he made a public show of what the enemy had in hell. The scripture says triumphing over everything. I could not pay the debt but he went to hell and paid the debt. So what ever said to me that you cannot make it. I accepted it because I could not pay. But when Jesus paid, he said, he made a public show of them. You thought you could kill me and I will never rise. But this wasn't a man, but he was from the heavenly and he rose again the very third day. And this time the scripture says, when he came, Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, he said, for I am he that is dead and now I am alive. Not only am I alive, I went to hell and made a public show to tell the enemy that I've come to restore back the keys that you took away from man. And he said, I am alive and me, I was dead, but yet I'm alive. 
and I have in my hands the keys of hell and the keys of death to proclaim to you whatsoever that was dead in my life by the reason of this authority shall begin to see light in the name of Jesus. And when Jesus was done, he called us his disciples and said, who owns this key? He says, henceforth I have the power I have the authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he called me by my name. Who gave me this key? Saying, henceforth, come take back your key. You could not redeem yourself. But because I have redeemed you myself for you. The Bible says, Job speaking says, for I know that my redeemer lives. The key that I could not collect back myself. The key to my success. The key to my to all that life has to bring to me. And he says, for henceforth, I have had all power in heaven and earth. And he handed over the key to us and said, henceforth, whatever you shall bind in heaven shall be bound. Whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Because I have received back the keys that defined you as the ruler. And that is why when Adam lost that life, the Bible says the first Adam was a living being. But the Bible knows and says that the enemy have come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I don't know what he have taken away from you. But the Bible says the second Adam is a life-giving spirit. That's why Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life and you may have life. How many more abundantly? Rise to your feet if the Lord is risen. And if you know your Redeemer lives... And you know truly your Redeemer lives. And that's why the songwriter says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am the child. I'm no longer, I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am the child of God. I give you some few moments. The Bible says I've delivered unto you all power and authority. Whatever you bind here on earth, as I go, I will say amen and bind the same. I don't know what is bound in your life and you want to begin to declare by the words of the Lord that whatsoever is dead in my life, I declare this moment. Receive life from the Holy Spirit. There is power in the resurrection and whatever you lose shall be lose in heaven. So begin to pray right now and begin to say, Lord, I declare that I am loose and free from every chain that held me down. I declare, begin to declare upon your body, my body shall be fruitful according to the word of the Lord. I declare life to every death situation. Someone begin to pray right now. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to fear. But I declare right now that everything received life. I don't know what the enemy took, but the Lord Jesus came. He died and is alive again. Begin to pray and ask that the Lord will give life to everything that you are. A slave to fear. I am the child. Just begin to declare. Just begin to declare. 
anything you want back to life. It may be your relationship. It may be your child. It may be your health. Just begin to declare the Lord is risen by the power of the resurrection. Begin to declare life to everything that was once dead. Just begin to declare life to everything that was once dead. In Jesus' name. As we wrap up, there's a song that says, Death has lost, death has lost his victory. Yeah. Jeez. This song was sung on Wednesday. He's alive. Let's just sing it as we wrap up. He's alive. He's alive, he's alive, hallelujah, Jesus is alive, death has lost his victory, and the grave has been denied, Jesus lives forever, he's alive. If you know your God is alive, why don't you shout a shout of victory this morning? Glory be to Lord. Amen. The power of his resurrection. As you go this week with this understanding, everything that was originally dead will begin to receive life in Jesus' name.